Welcome back to the Blue Corner. My name is Dennis, and today I am joined by one of Australia's boxing prospects. His professional record is 7-0, and zero, and I'm sure he'll be fighting for a title in the near future. He's a good friend of mine, and he's sitting right next to me. He goes by the name of Sam Goodman. How are you, brother? Yeah, I've been cracking on pretty uh, pretty well in lockdown, so been up Central Coast. Me uh, coach pretty much the whole time, training, chipping away, and uh, just working on stuff. It's been a good time to actually... You know, focus on things we need to work on and just stay in the gym and stay ready for a fight, hopefully. And did you have a fight lined up uh, before this lockdown? Yeah, we are meant to be uh, fighting in May, uh, May 22nd, I think it was. But um, And uh, talks where it could have been for a IBF Youth World title, so I was uh, pretty gutted about that. But um, yeah, so hopefully uh, we can get cracking on. September, October, like I'd love to get two fights this year, but yeah, just uh, it is it is different times at the moment, and um, you just got to bear with them. So, see what happens, and um, hopefully, it's boxing's back sooner than later. Well, I, I guess it is already back to some sort of degree. Um, you know, in, in both areas of combat sport, we had the UFC start a few cards already. I guess a month ago now, they I think they're three or four four cards deep, um, and. You know, we just had a title fight come out of Vegas, uh, which I'm sure you watched. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about that uh, that fight? Now, um, I really rate the Maloney brothers really highly. I've done plenty of work with them. Um, real good boys, top blokes as well. But um, yeah, I just he just didn't get it right on the day. No doubt he'll be back. But um, yeah, just you know, it might give him a, a little bit to work on and, and whatnot, and go back to the drawing board. But he'll be back. Lot better than ever for sure. He's a he's a talent. He's a they're all both those boys. They're both really hard workers and yeah, they'll be back no doubt. So yeah, Jason's actually fighting tomorrow, so that'll be an interesting watch. So he's fighting a bloke that's actually coming coming down in weight. So I think he looked a bit bigger on the scales, but I reckon Jason will uh, tear him to pieces to be honest. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting watch. And with with yesterday's fight, um, do you think they got it right? Um, in your personal opinion, just it's all it's always easier to kind of look from the outside in. But you know, I, I know with MMA, it's the same thing. Like you know, you always have people screaming about the judges' decisions and stuff like that. So, firstly, I guess did did you feel like they got the decision right? Oh, hundred percent. Decision was like hundred percent correct. But um, oh, I thought it was probably. You know, I, I would have gave actually Franco a couple more rounds, to be fair. But that, that's the way boxing works, so we'll go sometimes. But, you know, he still won the fight. You know, I thought Andrew dominated the early rounds and you sort of seen a shift about midway through the fight that uh, Franco was starting to, you know... Andrew was just struggling to move him a bit with his punches and and uh, was struggling to hold centre ring. And then later on in the fight, you know, Franco was about uh, was able to establish his dominance and, yeah, get cracking. So, yeah, it was a tough night in the office for Andy, but he'll be back. And where do you think it actually went wrong for him? Um, you know, what, was it something that you felt that he could have done better or was it something that Franco was just doing incredibly well? I don't know. Franco, he was a bloody, he was a tough, tough opponent, but... um. I don't know, I can't really comment, like, totally different styles, like, from myself to Andy and that, so what I, I always look at a fight from probably my perspective and what I would have done to win that fight, 
um, for Andy. You know, I, I'm sure his coaches and himself he'll he'll have the answers and he'll be back. So I, I know they'll uh, they're they're a smart camp and you know they'll they'll figure out what they need to work on and they'll, they'll be back for sure. So yeah, hundred percent. And as you said, they've they've got to now worry about tomorrow, which is which is always crazy. I always find it funny when you when you see brothers or or sometimes you know partners, whether they're husband and wife yeah. combos, and they fight on the same card or, or days apart. It, it, it's it's really got to kind of, um, I guess, w- mess with you a little bit mentally. Because I always say I don't I don't know which one would be harder. Right? Would it be harder for for you to go second, and then if your loved one losers like i guess has just happened does that now distract yeah. you from your mission at, at hand or you know is, is it worse the other way around i, I really don't know i i couldn't comment either because i haven't i've had like uh teammates that i'm really close with and you know you do get nervous for them and whatnot but i haven't had a you know a brother or anything so oh, i can't really really say but you'd think in a lot of ways you know when one's lacking a bit of motivation or it'd be able to pull each other uh you know and you know work harder i guess um yeah i, I reckon they they've dragged each other along probably and that's a big part of their success is that they're both um they're both doing it all together and you know dragging each other along because it is a lonely sport at times but if you've got your brother doing it with you i guess you know uh it could be a massive benefit but as far as fighting uh like within a couple of days and whatnot I reckon they would have done it that many times that, you know, and they would get nervous and whatnot and care about each other's fights, but boxing is a selfish sport and you've got to worry about your own job, you know, and not get caught up too much in uh, what somebody else is doing. I, I understand it's your brother, but I guarantee that they are professionals. They, they'd be worried, worried about their own, own work they have to do. Professionals, but kind of loopy at the same time. And, and I only say that because yesterday on the broadcast, they brought up that they had questioned them if they would ever fight each other, right? Yeah. And normally that's a total no-go. And, and it was funny that they, the, the, the answer that they came back with was that if the money was right, they would actually take that fight against each other, which is, I mean, it makes sense, like in the sense of if the money was right, you yeah, set yourself yeah. up for life, all good, but oh, it's just something you don't hear all yeah. that often, right? Yeah, you don't. Like I remember the Klitschko's, they they'd said no matter what money, they'll never fight each other and stuff, but... You know, it's easy to say when you've got millions of dollars when you don't and that forever money's getting offered to you. Like, phew, I'd fight anyone for, you know, millions of dollars. So wouldn't matter who, who you'd put me in. If it's, you know, to secure, like, your your financial future, like 100% you're fighting anyone. So I can understand that 100%. But like I said, I don't have a brother as well. So like, You don't have a brother, but... It- don't you? Uh, isn't Ryan? Is he related? Yeah, to yeah he's, your, he's your my cousin. cousin. Yeah, so he's my second cousin. So I, I guess th- that's the closest thing you could get to that situation because you guys fight yeah. on the same cards. Yeah, he's uh, fought on a few of our shows in Wollongong. So um, that's sort of how I got started into boxing. You know, I was probably about nine or eight, something like that, and went down to Canberra and watched uh, Ryan fight. And I just really done it to get uh, a bit more fit for footy. And yeah, it just ended up taking over and. And whatnot, but um, yeah, it was a big part of me motivation to start was uh, watching Ryan fight. And how's the footy going now? Yeah, nah, footy's no good, mate. So uh, weight cutting and um <laughs> and footy don't go together. So I had to uh got to I was about twelve and you know I was starting to you know I won my first Australian title as an amateur and then it was it was sort of like uh 
a choice needed to be made. You know, boxing was pulling me in one direction, footy was pulling me in another direction. So I just uh, had to make a choice and it was a tough one. I remember my first couple of games, I went and watched the boys play and, you know, still to this day, like some of my footy mates are my best mates still. And, um, yeah, I cried my eyes out. Like the first three games I missed, I, I just wanted to play footy. But then, you know, after a while, you know, you don't don't miss it, especially now. They're all that bloody big. So, <laughs> yeah, fuck running the ball at some of those blokes. But, yeah, nah, footy's, uh, footy's long gone for me. Now, your amateur record we discussed earlier is, is you know, a little a little bigger than what they lead you to believe. Um, before before today, I, I wanted to actually sit down and just have a look at your record. And according to Box Rec, you've only had seven fights, um, four wins, three losses. Um, but I'm sure, you know. Yeah, I was blowing up about that. They've done me dirty on Box Rec. So figuring I've had about 100-odd amateur fights and they've only recorded some of my international fights. So I don't know whether they do that for everyone uh, and just record international fights, but some tournaments they got on there, figuring, like they've missed four four or five fights and got the final, and it's a loss for me. So I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> put me wins on there. But, um, yeah, it's just, it is what it is. It doesn't really bother me, but, yeah, for a few people to look on there and go, oh, four wins, three losses, that's his amateur record, I'm like, I had a, over 100 fights. I started when I was 10, so um, it's what it is, but, yeah, doesn't really matter, I guess, but, yeah. And so when when did you decide to move to pro and and kind of what was your reasoning behind that? Uh, I was after Com Games trials, so I missed out on Com Games, so um, that was pretty, hit me pretty hard, but also... Making 56 as an amateur was getting very, very hard and um, my weight-cutting methods were really not good. So, um, you know, and I'd done a few big weight cuts to get there to 56 that year and um, I don't know if it was one too many tournaments and I was a bit burnt out by the time I got to Com Games Trials. I'm not going to blame that. I, I lost the fight on the day and, and whatnot, but I felt after probably the year before where I had a pretty good year at 56 kilo. Um, I just didn't fight well at that weight again. Um, just pretty much down to I was, I was dehydrating myself and in the amateurs you're weighing in the same day you're fighting. So you don't have that chance to stack on weight because you might be fighting the next day still. So it just um, yeah, it just wasn't healthy and it, yeah, it just I wasn't doing things correctly as well. So um, it, yeah, it's still... Hit me pretty hard when it when I lost that uh that fight and lost the opportunity to go to Com Games, but yeah, um, oh, I just pretty much packed in them, which is then I was I was done with it and wanted to go to the pros. I knew, I've been sparring pros for a long time and knew how I was going against them, so it wasn't a worry for me going going into the professional ranks. And you never thought about trying for the the Olympics, and and I only say that because you know uh, as you know I've spoken to Luke. Many a times, I mean, he was our first guest and uh, he still to this day calls that like the pinnacle of his yeah. career, right? Like it doesn't matter how, how far he's gone now with, with his pro career, like to him. And, and I mean, everyone's different, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, just hearing how much that meant to him, I, I, I have to ask, like Olympics never been a goal of yours? Oh, 100% it was a goal. It was a, it was a goal for a while, especially once you get into the amateur system. But before, like once I started... Outboxing when I was a kid, I never dreamed of 
going to the, the Olympics, the dream was to be a world champion. And, um, yeah, I always, always wanted to go to the Olympics and had the Olympic dream, but, yeah, I've always been a world champion's what I've always been chasing and what I've always wanted to be known for. So I've that's the goal. So I I set me goals on the Olympics, but just things change as you get older as well. And and um after that Com Games uh, decision, I was just I was I was done with the amateurs. I was a bit burnt out, and you know had a had a heap of fights that year, and and I was just I was just done with the amateurs. I needed something different, and um the pros gave me that. So my first pro fight. Oh, I remember freaking just, it was, the whole camp was just a new motivation, a new goal, you know, working towards something totally different, and it was, you know, it's all about you, you know, as well, so it was, um, it's something I've really enjoyed, the transition into the pros, so it's been really good. And with that transition, like, what, what do you, like, say are the major differences? Like, for someone who says, like, what's the difference between, I mean, obviously the headgear and stuff, but like... Yeah. When you say motivation, uh, I guess with the the nerves of things, or like, if I was to ask you, what is your major differences bet- between uh, amateurs and pros? Um, yeah, how how do you feel? Well, for me, I was fighting every bloody week. So <laughs> in the amateurs, like every week, like my coach just had me uh, on on shows and whatnot, and I was just taking fights or whatever I could. Like my last year, I was I took fights at like world away, freaking all the way down. You know, back to fifty six for tour. I only really done fifty six for tournaments. That was me competitive weight. And when I was looking to go overseas, I'd fight, fight and uh, cut down to fifty six. But all through the year, I'd fight it. You know, lightweight, friggin' world off, friggin' whatever I could get a match at. But um, yeah, that, that was probably the main difference. This is the activity. But I think a big thing with the pros as well that I've learnt: you can't, you don't want to do a camp, have a fight have a break you know you want to still stay on that grind and that's what I've done after my last fight I, I just as soon as I finished up that fight enjoyed a night out with everyone who came out and supported me and then next week it was straight back in the gym so it was it's just about um keeping the ball rolling I, I still suppose and taking that from the amateurs because um, you're not going to be fighting every every second week or whatever in in the pros but I think that, that's been the main difference for me is you know just the activity just to make sure you try and take that activity from the amateurs with your training and whatnot and put it into the pros, but like even more so. So, yeah. And, and how hard has it been to try to stay active now during this lockdown period? Because, you know, everyone's different. Um, but I know a lot of people that have just let themselves go as well um, because there is no kind of end date. And I always say that's that's the toughest thing, right? Like I always say, like, I wish they said to us, in six months we're going to go back to normal, right? Like, that's still better than, like, it potentially coming back to normal in two months, but them not telling us. Like, I, I, I always find it's a, it's a lot easier that when you have an actual end goal. And, and right now, we don't have that. I mean, they talk about, you know, stage one, stage two, this and that. But, like, for instance, me, I, I want to travel a bit more, right? And I'm like, okay, when can I travel next? And there is no answer yeah. to that right yeah. now. And, and, and that's the most frustrating thing. But for yourself, when you're saying, you know, like, to stay on that grind and and to keep motivated, how hard has that been during this lockdown period? Only knowing that you don't actually have an end goal. I mean, you don't know yeah. when uh, the next fight could be in September. It could also be in August next year. Yeah, we don't 100%. know. No, no one knows. So, um, but the, I think the thing is, you just got to find 
what your goals are and where you can draw motivation from. So, um, you know, like if I came back to the gym and I hadn't been in there for a good month and I've been eating shit or freaking out drinking or whatever, partying and put on a heap of weight. So I, I am someone, if I, I look at a piece of bread and I put on a kilo, it's ridiculous. But, um, yeah, so like if I came back and I was out of shape, out of whack, I'd be punching on my coach. So, um, you know, he, he's, he always uh, keeps on me and, you know, like if I... I'm starting to look like a blown out. He's got me on the scales, roasted me. So he's um he's good like that. But as well, you got to look at your own goals and what you want to do. If um if you have pretty much let yourself go and you've used it as free time and you know you're not still working towards something, or I pretty much think you've wasted the time. So yeah, and you're not taking your own goals seriously, you know, because there is people out there that are working hard. There is people out there still grinding away like freaking the other week. Six sessions in one day don't have a fight date, you know. So Damn. it's you got to stay on it and you got to get ahead. And I think it's a time where you can jump ahead because they people won't do anything. So it's um you just got to stay on that grind and find find things you can draw motivation from. Like a big one for me, not a basketball fan at all. I watched it. My mate told me to watch it. Watched the last dance. Holy shit, that bloke is fucking. Like, he is amazing. So um. Yeah, I'll watch that. That was a big thing for me. You go, like, you, you see some people and like in the documentary talking about him and just what they were saying, how hard he worked, you know. Like, there's, there was no, like, yeah, he was talented and whatnot, but it was no mistake he was as good as he was, you know. He worked that hard to be that good. And um, I think it was his college coach said, like, he wanted to uh, be better than everyone else. And he said, I'll work as hard as everyone else. And he goes, well, that's why you won't be better. He goes, righto, I'll do, I'll do more than everyone. I'll, I'll I'll be better than everyone. I'll do more work, you know, and that's what he done, and that's why he was as good as he was. It's crazy, though. I mean, I, I watched that series as well, and, and I, I, I found it inspiring. But, you know, you, you have mixed feelings there too because a lot of people are talking about, like, he was like a bad teammate, right? Like, And I think some people don't understand that inner drive. And And, look, even the teammates, like, they were saying, look, Obviously, he pushed us, yeah. But we also won championships because yeah. of that, oh, right? Hundred percent. It's 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 crazy. But I also found it funny that every time they went to a shot of him, now he's there with his I don't know scotch or yeah, you know and yeah. cigar and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so. making up for it now. No no worries. But back back in the day when you you got to be working, you know. Yeah, I found that funny as well. Like it was a bit different. You know, they're all smoking cigars and whatnot. Like I don't know if there'll be much of that anymore today, but. Yeah, it was it was a, g- a really good watch, and um, you know, if you couldn't find a bit of motivation from that, like, I don't think you can really be motivated. Like, and I, I'm honestly, I haven't watched bugger all basketball in me in my life. Like, freaking didn't care about it at all. And a few people told me to watch it, and I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. Fuck, that was it was inspiring, honestly. But um, yeah, if you haven't watched it, give it a watch for sure. I said exactly the same thing. Like, I, I grew up on basketball, so basketball yeah, yeah. is my sport. Like, before combat sports or anything, basketball was yeah, my yeah. sport. So I watched it because especially that was in my era as well. I was a Magic yeah. Johnson fan, but same era. Um, but I, I've been saying the same thing to everyone else. I'm like, yeah. listen, you don't have to like basketball like this documentary, nah. right? Like, it's just... If you're a fan of success, you're going to like this documentary. That's pretty much it. If you're a fan of success... And you want to see what it takes to reach the top in in something? Give it a watch. Like it's just a, it's put together so well as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really good insight to 
like everyone likes all the behind the scenes stuff they see of like even before fights and and whatnot you know everyone's interested into what goes on behind closed doors but um yeah i was uh a good look into one of the biggest like you know sporting stars as i've been so it, it was really good and you're right in saying that a lot of people like the behind the scenes stuff because it's the same uh, i mean you know we document a lot of it um and it's funny because for years and years and years, everyone always sees whether it's the game, yeah. the, the fight, the this and that. But it's that behind the scenes stuff that is finally starting to come out. And I think it's in that social media era now too that, you know, yeah. it's it's kind of like showing people and opening the doors. And look, even like stars, they do them themselves by, by doing, you know, self videos and whatever. But I think, you know, we really do live in a, in a time now where, I don't know, it, it's really appreciated to to get that behind-the-scenes stuff, sometimes even more so than the fight or the game or everything themselves. Oh, 100%. It's like, you see, like, press conferences and stuff now for, like, that's not sort of behind the scenes, but see press conferences for fights and, like, half my mates care more about, like, what Conor McGregor's going to say at a press conference than what he's actually going to do in a fight, you know? So, and, like, I think it's just a good time for, like, content as well, so... You know, different content, you know, it gets, um, I know it just gets more uh, attention, I guess, these days. But, yeah, it's just like half the questions I get is like what like what happens like before you get in the ring, like with your weight cut and, and all that sort of stuff, like your diet, how long it takes you to make the weight and whatnot, like all those sort of questions and that like heaps of people are actually interested in. So, um. Yeah, I think it's just a different look because they've never really seen it before and seen what it takes to actually get you to that uh, spot where you can actually get in the ring or, you know, whatever sport you do to uh, to get to the game, yeah. And as most fighters say, like, you know, it's it's, it's a case that the actual fight, as you say, is getting to the ring, oh, right? Massive. Like, that, that, that's, that's the fight for you guys. Like, that's, yeah. And I mean... Uh, I don't think it was Jordan during that documentary. I think it was like, I don't know if it was Scotty Pippen or, or Dennis Rodman. He said the same thing. He said, we don't get paid to play, yeah. right? The game is fun for us. We get paid for all this other stuff that's outside of the game, yeah. whether it's the press conferences and this and, you know, the scrutiny and, and everything like that. So it's actually really, really interesting, like that kind of mentality. Um, but going to your battle of making it to the ring weight cuts how do you how do you feel about them oh <laughs> they, they need to be done like um i don't think they'll, they'll ever be changed like they're trying to bring in hydration tests and what but people will work out ways to cheat it and that's half of what you know like you see so many they're brought in all this stuff for for testing with like USADA and vada and and all that and people are still getting done everywhere so like it's that's not even weight cutting that's that's just um like flat out cheating, you know, and looking to get an edge. So if people are going to look to get an edge through being bigger in the ring and and whatnot through weight cutting, they're going to do it somehow, some way or another, you know, how to like pass a hydration test or, you know, um I think it's always something will be there. But personally, like I, I've my weight cut to super bantam's pretty. It's not easy, but you know it's it's not the worst either. Like you know I can do it. I've done it every time. So. It's um I'll be staying at that weight for now and do you, do you think though it gives you an advantage? Uh yeah, I reckon it does. If I think it can be a disadvantage as well, um, if you don't do it correctly. Uh I think 
maybe my third professional fight or fourth. No, my fourth. I got a bit complacent with how much weight I was cutting on the day, and um, I thought the first couple of times I'd done it pretty, pretty comfortable, and I just thought to myself, well, fuck, I've got an extra kilo or two to play with here on top of what I already was cutting, and um, yeah, I was a a tough night, you know, tough tough day in the sauna and whatnot. It took me like all day, pretty much in the sauna, and I was wrecked by the end of it. Like I was a mess, and um, dragged myself to the weigh-ins, weighed in, made the weight, but I think a big thing's the rehydration, and like my weight went to what it it normally goes to. Everything looked fine, but just my energy was off, you know. And it was from just the cut was so heavy. When you and when you say the energy was off, was it off from the get go, or or did you find like you know you you started to empty the gas tank sooner than before? So like the first two three rounds are still fine, but then or was it from first round first bell? Yeah, it was just like. Yeah, you find yourself tired in spots where you're going, fuck, I've never got tired here before, you know, and it's not, it was just like through the day and that, you try and tell yourself, yeah, I'm, like, I was feeling good and that, but I just wasn't, you know, and it was 100% due to I cut weight the wrong way and, you know, sort of like I fucked around with me weight cut, but um, yeah, it's just a big thing. I think my last, my last fight, I'd done the weight cut like so much better than probably I've ever done it. And how I've learnt to rehydrate, like, and just do things slower and take me time, you know, like, big thing when you are so hydrated, you want to just smash, like, litres and litres of water straight away. But you do that, and this is what I've done for me for fight, because I was so dehydrated, I smashed heaps of water, and then you feel bloated, you feel like you can't get anything into your, like, into your uh, body. So it's just, um, it's just about being smart with it and taking your time, so, like, not rushing getting leaders just trust the process and know that you know it's going to work the weight's going to come back on you know like it was last time it, it just stacked on me like so quickly and it, i took my time with it so I, I think my dinner i ate over like an hour and a half like just a bit of tuna and rice and then i had like a bit of a steak later on but you know that was over the space of like four hours you know after the weigh-in you know so i didn't just gorge myself and and whatnot and feel bad, but I just took me time with it and I felt a million bucks the last fight. Have you ever missed weight? No, I've never missed weight. Not in my life. So not amateur, not pro. So no. I've I've done every wrong way to make to make weight. Like um like some of your weight weight cutting methods have been uh you know, you'd never want to try them. Especially when I was younger. But um yeah, I've never missed weight. I've made sure I've sweated up and done what I need to do to make the weight. But yeah, I've I've been close. <laughs> I've been close, but you know, you say you're going to make a weight, you you make the weight. It's as simple as that. Like my second professional fight, got a phone call the week week before, and they said, "All right, can we bump it up uh, an extra kilo or something?" And I said, "No worries. Well, if they're bumping up an extra kilo, you might as well just make it a featherweight." So we've made it a featherweight fight. Still had a fair bit to cut. Well, not a fair bit, but you know, it was still. A, you know, a bit of weight. I was still pretty dehydrated at Wayne's. And, um, yeah, got to Wayne's, made the weight. He jumps on the scales. He's over super fucking featherweight. Like, I was just blowing up. So I've been in a sauna still. I actually ran to the Wayne's because it was an early Wayne. It was in midday, so I didn't have that much time to cut. So I like, ran, I think it was like 3K in a sweatsuit after being in a sauna for like a good hour, hour and a half. And, um, yeah, I, I made the weight and he's 
friggin' still over two kilo heavier than me. And it just friggin' like burnt me. Like, I was, I was so dirty. And, like, with that fight as well, like, you know, he got no penalty for it, no no nothing, you know. It was just, just want to take the fight or not, you know. And, like, of course we're going to take the fight. We sold shitload of tickets. Like, you're going to take the fight. But it's just... um. But uh, does that never professional and I, I think it's disrespectful. Does that never concern you though? Like, because you know they they talk about boxing records and how much that actually means. Probably more so than in MMA because yeah. we always say with MMA you can have two losses but you can rebound from that really oh, quickly, well, right? It, with boxing, it's a little different. Now, do you, <coughs> I guess, ever worry about that? Like taking the fight because of ticket sales or whatever your reasoning behind it? There's no financial gain for you right now. And say you dropped that fight, like, and had an L, like, d- does that thought process ever go through, or you just like, nah, I've yeah. I've signed up to fight, I'm fighting regardless. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you're signed to fight, and that's what you can do. But it's still, it's still something that you know you're, you're pretty dirty on. And at the time, I, I let him know after the fight as well. I beat the bloke unanimously and whatnot, and he, that was probably my toughest fight. You know, he he was from an MMA, MMA background, and um. You know, he tried to use a lot of uh, wrestling tactics and that. He was trying to step on my feet and, like, catch me and, and whatnot and just rough me up. He actually beat uh, the Australian featherweight champion in his first pro fight. At, uh, I think it's current uh, Aussie champ now, um, Jackson John England from WA. But So that, that was a pretty big win for him. And then he's, you know, tried to fight me. And then, you know, he... he done the same thing to him done like tried doing the same thing against me and it was just like it was so like he was just trying to use size and you know rough you up and like dead set hold you and just it's like a street fight when you pull someone's head over and you're just throwing uppercuts this is how he's trying to fight and that but you know i picked him off and you know used my skills and and whatnot and made it a frustrating night for him but it's still just something that you don't do you don't try and get an advantage over weight you know but as far as worrying about a loss with it, you know, if you always back yourself. If you don't back yourself to win a fight, you shouldn't be in the fight in the first place. So, No doubt, but, I mean, you also back yourself in your weight class. Pardon? Oh, right, because otherwise yeah. we might as well scrap weight classes, and this this yeah. is the whole thing. And, and I guess this is, takes me back to the original thing about do you think it gives you an advantage? Because sometimes I sit there and I'm like, if they were to scrap weight cuts. Yeah. I kind of feel like you'd be fighting the same guys anyway because everyone would move, Yeah. right? So if they were like, yeah. let's ban weight cuts, I kind of feel like, yeah, you'd fight the same people just at a higher weight because the people that are at a higher weight, they'd also be going to a higher weight and yeah. it's like that daisy chain. And then... Yeah, it's just getting the, the process, I think, to to uh, allow it to be no weight cuts because how, how do you determine that someone hasn't cut weight or hasn't tried to... So I just don't know. It, it's a tough one. I mean, yeah. some some organisations have been talking about that they come weigh you, um, yeah. you know, within camp. So they'll weigh you like 10 weeks out yeah. already and you can't, you know, alter too far from that weight yeah. kind of thing. Or as you said in, in your amateurs that you get weight, well, yeah. weighed on the day. Or yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure, and you're right, someone's always going to try to push the envelope yeah. and, and, and get that advantage. But I just kind of feel like sometimes as well, and when you're talking about the energy levels, right, I sometimes feel like if we didn't have the weight cuts and everyone's still fighting in that same group, yeah, so to speak, bracket, yeah. but you wouldn't be having these these issues of, of 
gas tank and 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 things like that because everyone would be at their peak performance because you haven't had to dehydrate yourself yeah. or, or or torture your body 24 hours before a fight right that's the only reason i asked like you know it, yeah does it, it actually make sense it it make it makes sense to not do weight cuts but i just think again like i know that uh, i think it was in mma one championship we're trying to do like hydration tests and whatnot but like they'll have mixed things as well so I, I just don't know if you'll ever be able to it's part of the sport um and like you said someone's always trying to push the envelope to get an advantage like it's it's just always going to happen I, I i think but it's just about doing it safely and i think you can see like on the scales and that if if someone is like physically you know you see the blokes that are about to faint and 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 whatnot like someone on their team or like a one of the people in the commission should, you know, try and step in and say, look, like, this ain't this ain't right, you know. Like, sort of with what uh, happened with Max Holloway, you know, in uh, that fight he tried to fight Khabib, you know, and he's tried to cut a heap of weight heaps quickly and, you know, it wrecked him. But they were smart enough to recognise that he wasn't capable of fighting and they pulled him out. So I, I just think it will always be something in the... In the sport, like both MMA and uh, boxing, but I think it's probably a bit more severe in MMA. Like you see some of the cuts those blokes are doing, whereas I think boxing, there's a few more people around their weight, but it still exists, like in boxing as well. So it's it's just uh, it's ingrained in both sports. I think it's also because MMA. I mean, weight cut, um, especially you know in in the young programs, you you can relate to wrestling. Yeah a lot yeah. right and that's where i think it really comes into the mma scene is the fact that a lot of these guys have got wrestling backgrounds and they've been doing it all through high school all through yeah, college massively. and and it just keeps going but speaking of mma have you ever considered doing mma or not interested at all or, or what what are your do you, you obviously There's, watch a little bit of it yeah, right yeah i love watching it like i reckon it's a great sport like, I, I hate when people start knocking each like each sport and and whatnot, and you know, because they're boxing, they can't like MMA, or because they're doing MMA, they can't like boxing. Like, I like a good fight. If it's a good fight, I'm gonna watch it. You know, so um, but as far as doing it, I there was a time there, I, I it really crossed my mind to, you know, just do a bit of training and and try it. But you know, I was I was probably about 18 at the time when I was thinking like that, and I just thought to myself, I was like, you've been boxing this long, like it's so stupid, like just to chuck boxing aside for a while and and then try it just try mma you know like as well and i think if someone put me in a chokehold as well i'd bite him <laughs> I'm, I'm claustrophobic like <laughs> i wouldn't let someone choke me so but um yeah i i'm in boxing and you know i love the sport of mma but as far as doing it like it's pretty much a no-go for me so obviously you said uh the one with the uh, missed weight that was your toughest fight yeah. um but you're also saying that was due to the weight difference and, uh, and, and the way he implemented that I extra weight? I think it was his tactics, definitely. It wasn't just the weight. Like, definitely was the weight. Like, he was considerably bigger. You can see in the fight that he's, he's a bigger body. Um, but that wasn't just... It was just purely tactics. And it was just so awkward. It was something like, you know, you've had over 100 amateur fights. You just think you've seen, you know, most of what people have got. You know, you've sparred over, like, some of the best of the best in England, um, America. And, you know... I think i've seen a, a lot of styles and and whatnot but he was just so awkward and so um unorthodox it threw me off a bit um and just the way he implemented tactics it, it honestly was like a freaking mma fight like 
fucking with head bites, figured everything like uh, I was trying to step on my toes, you know, like freaking like hit me inside of my knees, like freaking <laughs> it was just a mess. But um, yeah, it was a fight I got through, and you know, I would never blame the weight on like you know, I was never losing that fight, like no no chance in hell I was gonna lose the fight. But you know, I'd never blame it on on a weight card or whatnot. But it's still something that you don't want to see people doing. And like um, I think the contracts we got written up now, like I think you get there's a penalty when you miss weight. Well, that's what know, surprised so me as well because uh, I know in MMA you you practically give up twenty or thirty percent of yeah. your purse, right? Like there there there's a strict yeah. penalty. It's it's the fact that you're saying there was no penalty is kind of crazy because yeah. then in my eyes is like, well, why would you even make weight? Yeah, like you're exactly, just like exactly I tr- right. I, yeah, I, I, tr- a, I tried, but I just didn't make it. You know, yeah. like whatever. It's yeah, kind of so, crazy. Um. But like for that, those fights, my first two fights or the first three, there was no contracts, there was nothing. I was like, all right, you're gonna fight it this way, you know, like, and like second fight, yeah, it was gonna be a contract or I never got a contract or or whatnot. So, you know, that was part of it's it's a learning experience as well, you know, because we're new to the professionals and or contracts and that you're used to like the amateurs where it's like, yep, you're fighting it that way, you're fighting it that way, like, right, sweet, you know, and you just line it up, but um. Yeah, it was just um, it was something we learnt from, and then once I started doing the shows at like Luna Park, uh, the Horden, and that with uh, Tasman Fighters, like their contracts and whatnot had penalties if you miss weight, so it's an incentive, you know. People, you know, it's still not massive money, but you know that even more so if you're losing, I think it was like hundred dollars for every hundred grams. You you're half a kilo over, you know. It's it's a bit of a chunk out of your purse, so. Yeah, it's um, it's just a good incentive for people to make weight, and you know, not not try and get an advantage uh, by not cutting weight. Crazy, and and speaking about the different shows, like, because I know you obviously um, have had the shows in in was it Wollongong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you did the Horden, and yep. then obviously you went back to Wollongong. Yeah. Is it any different for you, like, or do you do you just like zone in so much that? You know they could they could put you basically in a room which they are right now anyway yeah. with no no crowd or do you actually feed off the crowd because I know yeah your walkouts is probably one of the most entertaining walkouts for me <laughs> is is because um you know great track yeah um but also the 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 noise that the crowd makes when that yeah, track comes yeah. on it's just crazy <laughs> and 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 so my whole thing is because you hear about people they just zone out so they don't actually hear that. And then you hear other people, especially in other sports as well, whether it be rugby, soccer, or whatever, you yeah. know, someone scores a try, suddenly the crowd goes crazy and, and all of a sudden you have that extra bit of energy. With you, how how does it affect you at all? Not not really. Like um you you do try and, you know, not look around and, and get too uh, caught up in like in the moment, so to speak, and just worry about what you gotta do. But as well, I think it's important that, you know, you sort of take a bit in as well. So it, you can feed off it and whatnot, but, you know, you spar in front of no crowds. Like, you know, so it's it's um, it's um a fight at the end of the day, and that's what I worry about. But it is cool, and it's a, it's a good thing to look back on as well. Like, always, like, my granddaddy has recorded every fight I've ever got, like, from my first amateur fight to my last pro fight. Like, he's got, you know, folders, sparring, everything. And, um... Yeah, it's it's cool to look back on and watch old videos and that and you see everyone going off because it's it's a pretty cool thing, you know. Like and you, you hear all the noise and and whatnot, but once you're in the ring, it's all blocked out and and whatnot. And the big venues like they look great and whatnot, but you just don't 
you just don't worry about it. You just get in the ring and it's a fight. You know, you're worrying about what you're going to do to win uh, first and foremost because without you winning, uh, and like you said in boxing MMA, MMA you can take a couple of losses and it's not the end of the world. If you're in the UFC, you could have a couple of losses like, and then you you have two wins, you're ready for a title shot, you know, and you're on big money. Boxing, you know, you you lose a fight, you're on a massive rebuild. So it's um it's different. So you gotta you gotta worry about winning, you know, each fight, every fight. And um yeah, so it's if you worry about too much of the the outside noise, you're uh, you're setting yourself up for a fall, I think. So yeah, I try try and block most of it out because if you listen to every everyone in the crowd, you know, you'd have a million things going on in your head, but all, all my mates, all, all my all my people that uh, support me, and uh, come watch me fight, so that they all go off to it. So it's uh it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I do enjoy looking back at the video and the tape. And, and them going off to it, like obviously uh, your track is uh, Seven Nation Army. Yeah. How did you come to that track? And do you think it's going to be a track that's going to follow your whole career, or do you see at some point that you may change it up a little bit, or is that the Sam Goodman track? Oh, I don't know, mate. I just sort of – I was pretty lazy with it, to be honest. It, I heard it before. I think Golovkin used it, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. But, you know, you didn't have a million Kazakhs going off, off to it. You know, they're pretty calm sort of people. But, um, yeah, I heard I was like, oh, it's all right. So I, I used it actually in one of my amateur fights uh, in Albion Park, and it went off there. So I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then got to like a week out from my first pro fight, and I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know what to pick. So um, I was just like, yeah, Seven Nation Army. And then it's all like everyone just got into it. And I was like, oh, sweet, we'll keep the ball rolling with it. But I don't know, a few people use it now. So if there was a fight where, you know, like in, you're on the undercard or something, the main event's using it, you know, you'd, I don't know if you would change it or you'd try something different. But, yeah, we'll just see, just see what happens with it. But um, for now, it's staying. Crazy, mm. crazy. Now, as I said, I, I, I really find it entertaining. Yeah. You know, and it and it is one of those things, right? Like, especially when people have had a few drinks or whatever, and yeah. it's like, I mean, <laughs> it, it it's just hilarious. And you know, them, and I mean, it, I guess it's a song that even if you don't really know the lyrics or anything like that, yeah. it's it, well, it's one that you can, lyrics, you right? It's it. it's something that you can get into as yeah, yeah. as soon as you hear the first like ten yeah. seconds, you're like, all right, I can see where this yeah, is going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do you have? many distractions leading into a fight as well um so not not on the walk-in but mm. i know sometimes we talk to people and it's it's like you know the week of the fight they need to switch phones off or whatever just purely yeah. because you've got people calling you whether whether to ask for tickets yeah. whether to um give you some advice and it's like okay i didn't even realize you box right yeah, but all of yeah. a sudden er everyone wants to give you that piece of advice do you do you have that issue at all and how do you deal a with bit, that like especially the wollongong fights with the tickets and that like oh, i remember I had people asking me to like someone asked me to drop out this was for the first wollongong fight asked me to drop tickets out the day i was doing my weight cut and like day i'm doing my weight cut i'm fucking livid like i don't want to really talk to anyone i've got headphones in a couple of me mates trying to help me through the sauna and, and that's that you know like don't really want to see people, you're miserable, you know, and you've got a bunch of weight to cut. So and I had someone message me for tickets and I was like, you're fucking kidding. So it's like, get them at the door. Like, but, but did you get them tickets? But, no, I, I, if they showed up, they showed up. But, you know, try try your luck on the door. But you got to also, I think, respect that people are trying to come watch your fight as well. So 
there's two sides of the coin. You can't be a dick about it and that, but like it, you'd also you love when people you know take the time to to pre-purchase them and you know not leave things to the last minute or. Whatnot. And I Don't guess that's what it is, right? Money, but I I will say, me mum and dad, they're really good um, with that. They they pick up a lot of the slack, especially now that I'm showing up on Central Coast. So um, they they're really good with you know selling tickets you know and and whatnot and helping helping me out with uh promoting the fight down home like putting out just posters or, or whatever you know like articles in the newspaper so all, all that little stuff helps and they're, they're massive uh support for me to lean on uh like especially last week of the fight you know me dad pretty much handles everything and has he got a back, uh, boxing background or no? He looks like he does, but um, yeah, he's had a few punches to the nose, I reckon, in his time. But um, no, nah, he hasn't. He was a, he was a footy player, so his heads are busted from being in too many scrums. He reckons, but yeah, no, nah, he's um he's always been a fan of boxing. You know, um, like he always used to tell me about like going down the pub and watching like Tyson, Fennick and and all all that sort of stuff. So he's always I've always grown up, you know, watching fights and that like every pay per view, like my dad puts on like. So, um, and who's your favourite fighter? Oh, oh, at the moment, I, I go through stages. Like, I'll watch a fighter and be like, that's my favourite fighter, you know. But um, could rattle off a few current fighters I like now and a few old fights. But um, I think at the moment, probably uh, you can't go past Lomachenko. I like another Russian bloke called uh, Dmitry Bivol. I think he's excellent. Yeah. Um, but he's got a monster in his division who's I don't think is skillfully well put together, but he's just a beast. Like took um gave uh Usyk a tough fight in the amateurs, like but he's just knocking everyone out at light heavyweight. That's uh better beef. Um but yeah, probably Bivol, Lomachenko, Usyk and Canelo, I'd say. And what um, about on the local scene? Is there like a, a favourite Australian fighter that you have? Oh you, or or let's say Australia or New Zealand fighter, I guess. Um, yeah, I'd know. I'd probably go to MMA and go uh, Volko. So um, he, he's a local boy, so love watching him fight, and he packs all the pubs out down home. So I'd go uh, Volko for sure. And now they get a free trip to Fight Island, which is kind of yeah, crazy, that's so right? Cool. And it's yeah, going to be so kind of cool. sick. So, um, um, yeah, he's um, he's doing big things at the moment. So hopefully, he gets another another win uh, in the next couple of weeks. And how do you find um, this whole fighting in front of no crowd, like? It's like sparring, isn't it? You know, like, um, you know, like some people say sparring and that you don't go a hundred percent and whatnot. Like, we spar, it's a fight, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's it's too different. But um, yeah, like you're sparring in front of pretty much no one. Like, what what's the difference if if it's no crowd? So be it. I mean, for me, uh, to be honest with you, I kind of prefer it, right? Mm. Like, I, I I've kind of put it down to. It would suck if you went to an event and there was no yeah, crowd because yeah, yeah. you feed off that energy. But obviously, that if there's no crowd, you're not going to it. Yeah. But from uh, an onlooker through through TV, um, I love it. I love yeah. hearing those punches. Yeah. You know, I love it's hearing. Pretty cool when you see all the grabs of them talking shit and whatnot. Like, I think it's pretty cool. But I still don't think you can beat like when you just see like or or people that have come to support you or whatever. And you look at like crowds like. Joshua in Wembley and stuff like far out like that'd be you know it'd just be so surreal to go to one of those or you know to fight in front of something like that so I think you know you need the crowds and, and whatnot but 
I can understand it. It's, it's different, you know. You can hear every shot at the moment, you know. It sounds, it sounds like it's got an echo through wherever it's um, wherever they're having the fights. But like, especially the UFC that I've like, that's been on lately, like you can you can hear everything out of that art. Just the conversations yeah. as well, you know, like between the coaches and 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 things like that. It's it, yeah. like you really get this. Uh, I mean, I already said um, I forgot who I said it to, but. I said that the fight that I'd like to see right now is the trilogy between McGregor and Diaz, yeah. right? And, and and the reason being is not only that we can hear the punches and stuff, but I would love to hear... Oh, what there'd it, be some shit getting spoken, yeah, for sure. I, I, I'd really like to be, like, yeah. privy to that, right? Yeah. I'm like, they've got to make that fight. They'll never make it. Or, well, they might, but... Yeah. Oh, I don't know if they'll do it. Um, oh, it is another tough fight for McGregor, but Diaz is... Who knows what that bloke's doing at the moment. Even McGregor, like, he's coming out all the time. He's retired, I reckon, 20 times, the bloke, you know, and he's he was talking about having a season and whatnot and fighting a couple of times. But, yeah, I, I know I'm, I'm a big McGregor fan, but I, I still can't see him beating, like, a Khabib. Like, you know, I reckon Khabib's just – I don't think anyone at lightweight gets close to him. Yeah, that, I mean, that that is true to some degree, but I think everyone has – you know, their ticket. I mean, there was a long, long time that no one thought Ronda Rousey could get beat. And then, yeah. you know, Holly Holm worked it out. And, and then after that, it was kind of like she couldn't get a win anymore, yeah. you know. So I do feel like someone will work out how to neutralise his wrestling. I mean, he's not shy in admitting that's that's his game plan. Um, yeah. He does it incredibly well. And at the moment, no one's figured out how to stop that wrestling. But I do believe at some point, um, someone will figure it out. Whether they do it before Khabib actually retires, because yeah. he, he always talks about like, oh, I've got one, two, maybe three fights left, yeah. and then I'm going to finish on top. Whether that's the case, maybe. But I do feel like if he was to go on and on and on, someone oh, will eventually... Eventually, you're going to get done if you, you, know, you, fight, you fight too long. Know, so to speak. So um it's like if Mayweather came back now and tried to fight Crawford or something like you're mad if you're taking Mayweather now at, you know, however old he is over a Terence Crawford. It, it gets like that. But as far as figuring out styles, I think with Rousey like big thing was that, you know, women's MMA was so new and it wasn't you know, it wasn't uh sort of developed as much as it is now, like you see but see the same thing with Nunes, like, at the moment, like, no one's even getting close to her, so, it's just, um, yeah, I, I don't know, she's got to retire and give give the other girls a chance, I think, but, um, yeah. I reckon someone will figure her out, I mean, it's it's always the case, before her it was Cyborg, everyone's like, she can't be beat, I mean, you've oh, got to think as well, um, who was it, I think it was Kat Sangano yeah. beat, beat. Uh, Nunes, yeah, yeah. right? So it's not like she's unbeatable. Shevchenko's gave her a few good fights too. Like, I really rate her. I reckon she's a real good fighter. But um, and and there it's more the weight thing again, right? Yeah, like but hers Nunes just, was hers just, just bigger. Just, yeah, hers is just the size, you know. And I think the first fight, uh, Nunes gassed out a bit more, but her gas tank seemed to get a bit better and that. So her conditioning work must be, you know, a lot better than what it was. But yeah, um, Shevchenko, I think if she was a bit bigger, she probably could. Um, beat Nunes, but she just yeah doesn't have the size really. And then talking about coming back, like, do you think this time around McGregor is now done, or do you do you think you know we'll be hearing from him again? Ah, you'll be hearing from him again, hundred percent. He's not done. You know, there's so much money there for him to to make. You know, and um, there's more in boxing. There is more in boxing, but I think realistically, I think he knows that 
boxing's it's it's a big financial gain and that and people are going to buy it but I don't know if he's actually he says these things about winning world titles and that I don't think he believes that like you know imagine if he had to fight a Canelo or you know because that that's who he you know he's near middleweight you know super welder you know like yeah he's just not winning the world title at those weights and what do you feel about um, fighters in general? coming back after their prime and and i say that because obviously in mma yeah. we had the the chuck and tito fight and now everyone's yeah. you know doing these rumors is tyson going to come back uh i think hollyfield went yep sweet yeah. we'll do the trilogy how do, what are your thoughts on that well, i think that you know they've had their time like to be honest like i reckon it's great seeing them back doing their thing and 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 whatnot in the gym and you know staying fit staying healthy and and whatnot and like don't get me wrong if Mike Tyson was going to have a fight, you know, no shit. I'm buying that. that I was about to say, you'd watch it. 100%. And everyone's going to watch it. I reckon it would probably do bigger numbers than nearly anything you've ever seen, you know, because there's just more eye, more eyes on uh, on fighting these days as well, I think. But, um, yeah, it just um, – I think they've, they've just had their time. Like, people are looking at Tyson on the pads and going, wow. Like, and it is – it is an impressive thing to watch. It is, especially like, at that age. Oh, incredible! But like, he looks better than heaps of people on the on the pads now that are in their prime. But pads aren't hitting your back, and you look at his last fight, which was eighteen year ago. He quit on the stool, you know, against a bloke that like got. I think he got stopped in his next three fights, um, you know, and so he. It wasn't like he was fighting, you know, a Lennox Lewis in that last fight and just got done, you know. He, he fought someone that was there to be beaten and uh, couldn't couldn't come up with the answers. So I think for people to think that he's going to come back and just be a wrecking ball or, you know, there's talks about him fighting, uh, like doing an exhibition with Tyson Fury. I'm like, that is batshit crazy. Like Tyson Fury, I reckon in any era, and like, I don't care what people say, he's, he's six foot nine, he's like best part of 130 kilo and can box, you know. People say you can't punch. He's a hundred and thirty kilo man. That's six foot nine. Like, eventually those shots are going to hurt you. I reckon he, you know, he, he beats nearly everyone that's ever been. And I, and I really and think that. And what did you think of his last fight? Um, uh, it was crazy. Like it was absolute, absolute craziness. Like he's come out and said, "I'm going to knock Wilder out," and everyone's gone. He's talking shit. He's talking shit. Like not a chance. But um, he, he's true to his true to his word and came out and done the job on him. Like came out, went on the front foot. And, like, fighting a guy like that that's so powerful and, you know, just has got a million Hail Marys that he can throw, like, he's a chance of knocking anyone out at any given moment. Like, half his fights against, like, Lewis Ortiz, both of those fights, he was losing nearly every round, every moment of every round, and then just comes up with one shot, that's enough, game over. Like, you're just and, like, fuck. And did you buy the whole kind of excuse, I guess, of his walkout, uh, no, that's the so most, most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, I heard, oh, I can't remember. It was, I think it was a British fighter, and like they got all the uh, like fight labels, your Susie Wong's, like all the people that make the fight gear and that. They go, he would have needed at least twenty fittings, you know, to get that suit made. Like, there's no chance like he hadn't put it on before he fought. You know, like you you know how heavy it is or or whatever. But even saying that, like, I, like, I think it. It's ridiculous coming out in that whole suit anyways. Like, some people might like it and that. I reckon it's corny as shit. But, you know, 
<laughs> just coming out with that excuse. Like, if he just went, the better man won on the day, I'll be back, I'm fighting him in the trilogy, like, that's that. You know, people would want fair play to you, you know, respect and, and, and whatnot. You haven't made an excuse, but he's come out and said that. You're just like, fuck, that is the worst excuse <laughs> anyone's ever dished out ever. Like, And do you think the trilogy will go any different? I think uh, Wilder might try and change a few things, but how diverse is he? I don't think he's got that much to his game where it's an uh, advantage over Fury besides, obviously, that that uh, power. But um, I, I really think Fury gets it done again. Maybe not by knockout, you know, who knows. But um, well, I think f- the only danger, I think, with Fury is you worry whether he's uh, looking past Wilder and looking to Joshua already. Um, that's a mistake he surely he doesn't want to make. And... Um, I don't think he will, but you know everyone's talking about Fury Joshua, Fury Joshua. You know, I don't, so. I, I don't think he will, and only because even their first fight, I kind of felt like he was outboxing him, right? Yeah. But then he got caught. Yeah. Right, and that just changed everything. So yeah. I think that's a stark reminder that listen, I can yeah. beat this guy, I can do it, you know, for ten out of the twelve rounds, but as they always yeah. say, like the great equalizer is that power, right? Oh, and 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 so having. That first fight go down the way it did. I kind of feel like I I, I don't see him looking past. Yeah, I, I hope not because I'm enough one. I want to see Fury Joshua. I reckon that's a, a better fight because I think Joshua brings more to the table than our Wilder, and he's also got that that destructive power. But yeah, Joshua, I don't think as well. I don't think he's as durable as Wilder though. So which could be a problem. But yeah, you you got to say you're going to take Fury in both of those fights. Like you you can't not. But um, yeah, because when he get when he gets it right, he just boxes so well for a big man. Like that's people going about your Ali's and that, and they're great, you know, no doubt. But Ali would have been a cruiserweight in this day and age, probably. You know, like Tyson Fury's an extra seven inches or something taller than him. You know, and like against Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson struggled with a you know with a few taller fighters in his day and whatnot. And you know, like nine out of ten times, you know, like you give a puncher. You know, one one fight. You know, but the other nine times, I'd I'd be taking Fury. You know, like I just think he's he's so big and and so skillful, and he and he's quick. You know, that, that's the other thing. He's not he's not a slow big man. He's not you know, but he's just he is a really good fighter. No, I have to agree. I mean, that's the one thing that impresses me. You kind of like look at him. You're like he's big, and yeah. you know, and and, and even either. even like. I was just about to say, and even kind of out of shape, right? Yeah. Well, well, he's not out of shape, but he looks it, yeah. right? And then and then you look at like obviously where he went, where he was like four hundred pound plus or whatever, oh. and 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 kind of thing, but he moves. Like, that's yeah. the thing that always gets me. Like, because a lot of the times, you know, you see all these smaller weight classes and they're quick, they move, they're more technical, and then you see the, the it's heavy... It's hard, hard to move for 10 rounds as a little fella. Like, figure if I've got a box, if, you know, you're running around a ring the whole time, you know, on the back foot and you can't control center ring, I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to gas out. You've got to control center ring at times. But, fuck, he does it as a, you know, 130 kilo man. You know, it's, it's insane, like, to carry all that weight and then... Box how he boxes, it it really is insane. Like, but like, yeah, he's a chance of getting chinned by a, a, like a few people and that, and he's been put down by you know a few people that weren't considered massive punches and whatnot. But you know, I think nine out of ten times he beats almost everyone you know that's that's ever fought. He, he's just that that big, I think. Like, and and just he is pretty good too. So, 
um, yeah, he's, he's just a he's a beast of a human for sure. And another person that moves really well is yourself. Yeah. And I'll only say that because the, the, the couple of times that we've been able to document your fights as well, yeah. we like to shoot everything in slow-mo, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. just when, when we um, reviewed some of that footage, dude, like I have to say, I don't know if it is just a case of you moving your head yeah. and, uh, you know, and because of that head movement, they're, they're, they're missing their punches. But like I'm, I'm talking about when you slow that stuff down, yeah. the amount of times that, it's inches that yeah. they're missing you, right? And 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 I was saying to Jimmy at the time, I'm like, dude, it's like a game of the Matrix. Like, yeah. it's just incredible. But um, look, we'll we'll, we'll kind of like start to wrap things up anyway. But um, now leading out of this, I mean, you you're obviously training, you you staying ready. Um, you said you potentially want to take another two fights by the end of the year, yeah. if at all possible. Is that even possible if you're talking about the first fight being in, in September? Like how how much time do you have to have in between fights? I'd be if if uh, given the opportunity, you know, you'd be turning straight back around and going again. Hopefully in uh you know end of October, November, December. So do do they not put like medical suspensions out on on no, fighters? Because like I know a lot of the times with with MMA they'll they'll say a ninety day suspension, which is kind of like your three months, right? Yeah. Which means you just can't fight it's not the same no nah, not that i know of so <laughs> no nah, i know for sure people have fought you know a couple of weeks in a row um well a couple of weeks apart but um yeah it's hopefully like the zoo horn card goes ahead in september so um that's all the talk at the moment but um, actually and who's your pick on that one? Oh, i'd go with tim zoo yeah I, I reckon zoo's just um i think he's a more hungry fighter to be honest i think just a few things uh, Horn said, you know, I think he's a bit lacking for motivation and, and whatnot. You know, he's already achieved so much. But um, so I, I'd have to take Tim. But every man and their dog's going to be trying to get on that card. And um, But it's also going to be interesting because Aussie fighters going to have to take, you know, Aussie, Aussie matchups. And there's a lot of people that, you know, probably are shy away from that. So, but um, something that I'm definitely open to. Fight I'd really like would be Brock Jarvis. I really think um, that's a good fight for me. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of uh, hype surrounding him, so that, that'd be a good fight, I think, for me. Um, but, yeah, like hopefully we can get on that card, get an opponent, and, um, yeah, hopefully it can be for some big, like, an Aussie title. So, you know, it's the time where, uh, you know, people can't import fighters, so, you know, why not? Let's take our domestic matchups. So bring them on. Which is kind of weird because... These fights that we've had the last couple of days, obviously in Vegas. So there are, I guess, opportunities of. Yeah. I, I just don't know. Like, as we say, like with USC, they've got this fight island now to put on international fights. And, you know, they're talking about the US Open now, the tennis, that potentially. But then, you know, you had Djokovic right now have like some yeah, exhibition he's got, thing. He's got COVID <laughs> now. <laughs> like, he's, he's fucked. So oh, I don't know. Um, There'd surely be limitations, you know, put on um, overseas opponents. So, you know, I think the easiest thing to do is have have domestic matchups. Whether you know, like people have got to juggle weights a bit, you know, like fuck, I'd be happy to go to featherweight and take a few fights. So, well, I just want to get in the ring. I need a fight, you know. So, I, I want to fight at, honestly at least once before the year's out, you know, minimum. Hopefully two. So, if we can get two, that that's perfect. But um. Yeah, one at least, but who knows how many uh, shows are going to be on the cards because, you know, 
if uh, there's still crowd restrictions, you know, promoters aren't going to do shows for free. And uh, the only show, like, domestically that's going to be for a pay-per-view is going to be Horn and Zoo. So, you know, if you miss the boat on that one, it's, uh, you know, who knows what your, what your uh, plans are for the rest of the year. Well, I guess all you can do is stay healthy and, yeah, and, and, and keep those uh, knuckles itchy. Um, actually, just before we go, I want to get your take on, have you looked at the bare knuckle boxing? And, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And what is your thoughts on that? Just oh, real I've quick. watched a bit of it. Um, there's a bloke, oh, he's probably like, I think he won a British title as a boxer. Um, Tyler Goodjohn, he's a beast. He's a beast. Um, if you haven't watched him, give him a watch. But yeah, he, um, oh, I think it's pretty gnarly. Like, um, and like, he's some, they're fighting for like, I think they have like three fights in one night, and the winner takes like only 10 grand. You're like, fucking, what they're going through for just 10 grand, and you're having three fights. That is fucked. Like, it's just um, it's crazy, but you know, fair play to them, good on them. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty crazy sport. But um, you know, it's fuck, it's a good watch. So, you know, um, but I uh, fuck, I wouldn't be taking part in that. <laughs> not a chance. It's not it's chance. just guaranteed damage, is oh, what it really just, is. It's just a bit stupid, you know. Like, you know, there's no money. It's got no real recognition, but it is good to watch. You know, I can see it being something that. You know, if it breaks a few barriers and, and whatnot, like you look at some of the stuff the UFC had to go through to, you know, to get where it got uh, today. But, you know, like I think bare knuckle boxing's probably got a few more obstacles to, to jump than that. So, um, yeah, it's just, um, it is good to watch. And that, that Tyler Good John, he's actually, because a lot of them you see and they're, you know, they're tough men. And, um, but you can see that they're not really like great fighters, a few of them. Um, like you had Malinaji and uh, Lobov, which was funny, and they've both got like you know that's probably the biggest fight they've done, and they've got uh, like respectable records in you know MMA and boxing. But um, you know, other than that, you know, like I think that Tyler Goodjohn is probably the best one I've watched. He's one of the only ones I've seen where you go, he's actually got some uh, some ability and some skills, you know. So it, it is a good watch, but hopefully they you know can develop into some higher level. Contest, not just a tough man contest. Well, you never know because one of the uh, the rumors that they actually announced was going back to Tyson was yeah. that they wanted to do Shannon Briggs and Tyson oh. bare knuckle. I was like, that's just going to be one shot and someone's out, oh, right? Like, so so stupid. Such big men too, you know. Like, they're both throwing heavies, but you know, um, Shannon t- uh, Shannon Briggs would uh, have to be taking a, a few friggin. Drug test, I think, to uh, before he fought, fights in that. Like, I reckon he's he'll pop hot for sure. Like, he's fuck, he's huge, and uh, he he hadn't finished fighting too long ago as well. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't like to see him do it, do that for to be honest. Like, as far as Tyson that coming back, I, I think you know he should call it a day. You know, but um, yeah, if he does fight, fuck, I'll be watching. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Well, I guess we'll call it quits, um, unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about. Um, otherwise, if there's, uh, you know, anyone that wants to reach out to you, whether it is to have a spa, whether it is for tickets, whether it is for anything, like, what's the best way of people getting in contact with you? Um, uh, just on Instagram or Facebook at uh, Sam Goodman 9 or just Sam Goodman on uh, Facebook, yeah, on my athlete page. So that'd be the way to go. Well, there we have it, and uh, I can't thank you enough for dropping by because I know you had to make the journey. 
Um, but no, thank you so much. And I look forward to documenting your fight, hopefully, depending. I mean, if it's the Horden, we probably can't. But documenting your fight once it comes down to uh, September, fingers crossed. And um, yeah, that'll be it. I'm away. I'm away.